everybody. Uh, Josh Wolf. I'm here with Tony Boxer, Tony Jeffries. I'm going to hit shuffle on my iPad, iPod, iPhone, and we'll see what song plays us in today. God, I, I hope it's <laughs> not One Direction. Oh, no. <laughs> All right, here we go. Do you know what that is? No. It's Eminem. Not as... It's all right. Yeah, it's not, it's it's not right. the like best. I'm in the dirt, digging up old hurt. Tried everything. Yeah. I like it. I like it. I like it. it Bad guy by Eminem. Guys, thank you for uh, joining us today. Here with Tony. I met Tony on my television show uh, when he came on to teach my son, Mark. <laughs> funny. He, uh, uh, Tony was an uh, Olympic boxer, ex-professional boxer. You have your own boxing gyms here yeah. in L.A. Um, and we had uh, uh, our mutual friend, Brendan, uh, to come on. He was booked on the show originally to come teach my son how to, uh, how to, you know, throw a couple kicks and protect himself and throw a punch. But he couldn't make it, so he called you. Yeah, he called me, and he, t he said, come and show him how to protect yourself. Uh, show him a bit of boxing. I was like, oh, all right, great. Yeah. Got there. I never knew it was going to be kicks and chokes and all that. Yeah. <laughs> right out of my comfort zone. Yeah, yeah. I could tell in your face. I was like, tell him how, show him how to throw a kick, and you were like, okay, but. <laughs> but luckily, he knew how to do it anyway, yeah, so know. it really helped. Um, I do real quick want to touch on before we get into all the questions I have for you. We were discussing a little bit beforehand earlier about this preacher, guys. Oh my God, the preacher who came out today was talking about how Jesus, uh, Starbucks must hate Jesus because he was taking the snowflakes. And everything off of the Starbucks Christmas cups, and he said, you know what he was, what he wants everyone to do is go into Starbucks and tell them that your name is Merry Christmas, so you can trick them into writing Merry Christmas on the cups. Now, first of all, I don't know if it's actually going to trick anybody because I'm pretty sure no barista at Starbucks is going to think your name is actually Merry Christmas, you dumb fuck. But second of all, people are dying. There's wars. We have fucking crazy racial unrest. You want to start? This is where you want to draw your fucking line? Is it crazy? It's crazy. Like I said, I don't know how he's getting this attention. Well, I do because he's seeing these stupid things. Right. But like he's getting so much publicity through it. It's just, it's just mad. Like who, who gives a fuck? You know, who gives a fuck? But that's the thing is that like you'll find the extremists because I read some of the comments that he was getting, which was like, "Amen, brother. I'm gonna go in." First of all. You do know when you go into Starbucks and buy their coffee, you're not exactly hurting them. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's kind of what they want you to do is go buy the coffee, you stupid fuck. <laughs> but second of all, like what it's it's guys like this, the extremists, right? That I feel like they these are the people who are drawing lines. Where where are you from originally? I'm from the north of England. North of England. Do you feel like racial unrest or tension is in the states is worse or over there uh i'm from the north of england so it's probably over there like in fact no where i'm from people don't give a shit about this sort of thing but in america in la right people really do it's a big thing like politics and that where yeah. i'm from people don't give a shit it's like just get on with your life really yeah really so no racial real tension at all it's just i'm gonna live my life you live your life and go from there yeah i mean there's re racism is in people's color the color of people's skin yeah that sort of shit happens but apart from that like no like about politics and, and religion like it's, it's not a big deal i'm not religious i've never been brought up with it but right. i feel like over here it's a lot more it's a, it's a bigger deal 
Well, it definitely is. It's it's it, there's a lot of lines drawn with, with religion. I, I I mean, like I don't want to get too deep into it. I think religion in is good for some people, right? It gives people a place to belong and a sense of community. And yeah. some people truly believe, but it's the extreme, like this fucking guy. Yeah, he's stupid. Like, like you see, it's it's good for people who it helps people in their lives. But yeah. but for the likes of me, I, I don't give a shit if you believe in God, if you're a Muslim, whatever you yeah. are. I got my I've got my shit going on. I do what I do. I'm not bothered about what anyone else does, you know. So you weren't raised religious at all. No, not at all. When did you, and why? And I think I know the answer to this. Why did you get into boxing? <laughs> Ever since I was young, when I learned to walk, my granddad used to have us throwing punches on his hands, and yeah. And then he took us to the boxing gym when I was ten years old. Uh, my uncle was a professional fighter. He wasn't high level, but he was a professional fighter. Yeah. And and that was it really from there. I've had my ups and downs in boxing. I didn't want to continue when I was when I was like 13. I wanted to play out with my friends, get up with no good. Right. But my dad kind of dragged us to the gym. He told us, if you don't continue boxing, you're not playing outside ever again with your friends. You're stopping in your bedroom, no TV, nothing. So he he, he forced us there, really. Right. And uh, and I'm now I'm really glad that he did. But you have a kid. I've got a daughter, yeah. If you had a son, would you do what your dad did? No. I wouldn't. My my kids will not box. Okay, but you're happy your dad did it. Yeah. But how come you wouldn't do that for your kids? That's a great question. The the, the reason why I wouldn't do it for my kids is because I'm, I'm sure we've got on your list of questions about being punched in the face. Yeah. The amount of times I've been punched in the face and, and the damage that it's done, that's the reason why. You know? you know what's interesting? That jumps to a question right away. Like, you have a little girl. Yeah. And listen, I've been knocked out cold right. 11 times. Wow. 11 times. Shit. Okay. I have some issues with my speech and my memory that I know are due. I have to think about, when I don't think about enunciating, I slur. Right. On stage sometimes, when I'm, and if, I, and if I've had one drink, so that, not drink to make me drunk, but to, so I'm not as sharp, I slur because I'm not concentrating on enunciating. And that's from being knocked out. My short-term memory is fuck. Yeah. It's fuck. Do you... Worry about that's down the list on questions, but we jump right to it. Yeah. Do you worry about that? Your future, knowing what we know now with, with concussions and all yeah. that shit? 100%, mate. And I retired from boxing four years ago when I was 26. I'm 30 now. I look, I look 50. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, yeah, and I feel like it's getting worse and worse. Even now, it's only been four years. And since I stopped getting punched in the face for a living, it's been four years. And, and now I'm getting so forgetful. It's. It's mad. Like the other day, I was leaving the gym. I ordered an Uber. Yeah. And I went outside to wait for the Uber. And when I was outside, there was one of the trainers there. Going, all right, Tony, what are you doing? I said, I'm just waiting for an Uber. I want to get home. How's your day been? All right, talking for a couple of minutes. A car pulls up behind us and says, uh, is one of you guys called Tony? And I turn around all defensive, like, who wants to know? <laughs> and he went, he went I'm, your, I'm the Uber driver. <laughs> That's a true story. It's funny, but I swear... And then I got him back, the, the, and the other trainer was like laughing as, he, as if I was making fun. But I was, it was serious, it's serious shit. I got that bad, and I was like, shit, and I laughed and joked about it. But I got in the car, and I was thinking, wow, it's, <laughs> it's come to this. Yeah, you know, my family, my kids, and my wife tease me about it all the time. And we make a joke about it because I think, if honestly, if I didn't joke about it, there would be times yeah. where I'd break down and fucking cry my eyes out. Yeah. Because I know there are part, there's parts of my brain that are just not working the way they're supposed to work. Yeah. 
and I don't know what to do. You know, I've done a bunch of stuff. I, I, I there was I for, it's funny to say that I forgot the name of it, <laughs> but there was there's this online like game playing thing where they say it's supposed to sharpen your brain. What is that that was being advertised all the time, Aaron? Do you know what I'm talking about? Anyways. I didn't work. No, <laughs> I can tell. <laughs> Clearly, it doesn't. But but um, it's a it's a frightening thing. I think about that all the time with my kids. My yeah. kids aren't as young as yours, so that right. would be for you. But why then are you happy that your dad pushed you into it because of what it afforded you, what it gave you yeah, in your life? Exactly for the achievements that I've done in boxing and in life is all through well mainly through boxing right. and. Uh, it's opened so many doors. I wouldn't be here now sitting with you right. if it wasn't for boxing. So it's opened that many doors. And I'm one of the very few who's been successful. I'm one of the very few who's come out of boxing and realized that I think I've got something wrong with my brain. Most of these fighters who box, professional fighters, amateur fighters, they end up punch drunk and they don't know. So I'm, I'm happy that I kind of, <laughs> they don't know. They think they're smarter than they are, but they're not. And I'm happy now that I actually know and there's not that much I can do about it, but I, I, I know there's little things that I can do. My wife's an emergency room nurse, and I've been telling her my concerns because the last six months I feel like I've getting worse, and I've never spoke about this right. to anyone before, so I'm now telling all these people. <laughs> but and, and she told one of her doctors, the neuro neurologist, and he said, get him in for an MRI scan. Uh, it sounds like early dementia. And that there, mate, fucking hell, I couldn't sleep all night thinking about shit you know and i do know because scary. i got somebody who said the same thing to me and maybe this is a guy thing and maybe it's a just a i was like i if i have it it's coming i don't want to know because right. it's going to affect how i live it's going to affect how i live my life up until the point it comes anyways i might as well live my life like i'm fine but i feel it too you know what it is for me and i've never spoke about this either by the way for me it's a little bit, uh, I, my moods swing a little more than they ever have. They just swing a little more, and I've never been one who, like I can feel myself get down. Right. Like that depression, which is not something I had ever felt before, it, start, it, it has started to creep in. It's, it's really scary for me too, man. Like I know exactly yeah. what you mean. But you think that's through the concussions? Well, I researched it, like dementia, that, that comes like that mood swing. Yeah. Right up and down, and I had never had it before. Uh, my forgetfulness is terrible. The slurring of the words for me is like I caught myself this weekend in in Raleigh. There were I said two sentences on stage, and I saw people look at me like that didn't wow. make any sense. Yeah. yeah, and I had to say it again because I, I I know that it's it was a fucking slur fest. Right, but it's really frightening, and I don't know if it's smart or dumb not to go to the doctor. Right, yeah. That night when I found when my wife said that it was when she mentioned that dementia. I yeah. was googling shit and I googled boxing dementia and I, I came across a video with Terry Norris. Yeah, familiar with him? Yes. And I watched the video of him and I got a tear in me. I, I I don't really cry, but I got a tear in me. I think shit, look at this. He had a lot more fights. He'd been punched in the head a lot more than me. How many me. times you been punched in the face? We tell everybody. Over fifty-five thousand. <laughs> fifty-five thousand, Aaron. Did you hear that? Over 55,000. The way I worked that out. Well, this is another, comes back to the question, what would you let your kid fight? So before, I, when I was 10 years old, I started boxing, right? And before I actually had a fight, obviously you've got a sport, you're yeah. used to it. I must have sparred 100 times. In them, uh, the 100 times, let's say I did um, 
three to five round spawn. I worked it out and I got punched in the head between 1,500 and 2,500 times when I was 10, 10 years old. With headgear or no headgear? Yeah, with headgear. But headgear, it's still a constant yes. pounding. Yeah. You know? So would I let my 10-year-old get punched in the face 2,000 times? Would I fuck? No. Would I fuck? Mate, oh, and then I worked the rest out by seeing like I had 106 fights in my career. Uh, you had 106 fights in your career? Yeah, 106 fights. And let's say for each one of them fights, I I done at least ten to fifteen sparring sessions, and them sparring sessions lasted. I've done the maths on this. Uh, them sparring sessions last from six to eight rounds sparring, which there were some some were more, some were less. And I got punched in the face. I think I said six times in each one of them sparring uh, rounds. It comes to over, the number comes to over fifty five thousand times. You know they say now that if you be you know that term you got dinged like you feel yeah. Like, that that is now a concussion. Right. How many concussions, if you think about that, do you yeah. think you endured? I've had about five concussions. I've never been knocked out, oh. but I've had five concussions. I fought in the European final when I was, listen, this 16 years old, I fought this little Greek muscle, muscly guy in the final, he knocked everyone out. He hit me so hard. This is fucking so scary. When I think back now for, for, for a young kid, 16 years old, I got hit so hard. I ended up winning the fight and stopping him. I got out the ring. I got in the I got in the ceremony. Got the gold medal, and I come out the ring and I was asking all my teammates, "Did I win the fight?" I got back to the hotel room. Did I win the fight? I couldn't remember a fucking yeah. thing. I couldn't remember being on the podium. I couldn't remember the final bell. I, I couldn't remember even getting in the ring. So a sixteen-year-old going through that shit, mate, it's it's fucking it's, frightening. It's, it's frightening because at sixteen, your brain is supposed to be still developing. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. you there you must there must be at that young age, there must be some some damage where you're not allowing your brain to fully form in areas that it could. Yeah. I I find like when, so when you started fighting, right? Was there you had mentioned to me that you got bullied as a kid? Right. Yeah. Okay. Now, do you feel like knowing what you know now? Like I go back and forth. You know, when my kids were younger. I was always like, look, if somebody lays their hand on you, the the, the way to stop a bully is just to punch them in the face. Yeah, I agree. I, and, and I agree with that. Yeah. And I don't think, I know some people, there are some new wavy people who are like, that's not right. You're promoting right. violence. Yeah. No, you're actually stopping it. Definitely. I think yeah. you're stopping it. Yeah. Do you agree? 100%. My, but my parents told me, you're going to school today, because I told them I was getting bullied. They were picking me. I got freckles. They were calling me freckly yeah. face and all that. I hated it. I absolutely hated it. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I was the new kid in school and there were every single day my parents said listen you're going to school today you're going to punch that bully in the face as hard as you can I was terrified mate yeah. I, was, I was 10 years old I was terrified went to school built the carriage up and I did I smashed him in the face bust all his nose yeah. and ever since then I never no one ever said a word to me again mm -hmm. in, in the rest of my school life you know, yeah. because I stood up for a bully. If I let it continue, if my parents weren't as strict as they were, if I let it continue, I guarantee I would have been bullied. I would have had a fucking, I would have been tortured. You would have been bullied, you know, you know, by, and one of my kids has a very kind heart and just couldn't do it, could not stand up for themselves. Right. And what happened was, it wasn't just, it didn't just end up being one bully. Everybody saw that this was a, okay. Yeah. This person is not going to do anything back. Right. Right, this person is the perfect person to pick on because not only are they not going to do anything back, but they react so negatively 
that you yeah. put a bullseye on your back for better or worse. And and listen, I, and I would always tell my child, and I'm not going to say what sex the child is because that'll kind of help give it away. But I would say, look, I know this sounds terrible, and this may not be what you're supposed to hear, but you're drawing a bullseye on your back. Yeah. And I know I'm not. Look, it's not like I'm saying it's okay to bully or anything like that, but it it happens. But the way to stop the bully is it's like I always say, you know those uh, uh, on a car, you know those, um, what are those things called? Clubs that they used to put across a, um, a steering wheel. You know, the yes, locks the steering yeah. wheel, right? So I knew a, uh, a friend of mine who had gone to jail for grand theft auto. And this was in Seattle. And I was like, yeah, but I got a club on my car. He was like, a club on your car is seven seconds. And I go, really? I go, why hasn't anyone ever broken into the car. He goes, well, because there are a hundred other cars that I don't have to use that other seven seconds on. Well, so the same thing with the bully. Look, there's a hundred other people to pick on. Yeah, Why am I going to pick on the one person that punches me in the face? Yeah, right? exactly. I'm just going to move right. on. Yeah, They may not stop bullying, but they're not going to bully you anymore. That's a great way to look at it. Yeah. You, you know, I mean, they, they it's the path of least resistance because at the end of the day, the bully is a fucking coward. Yeah. Yes? Yeah. The yeah. bully is the fucking coward. The bully is looking for the retarded three-legged antelope down by the watering hole, the only one that can't get away. Right. That's how lions hunt, for shit's sake. They look for the weakest one, yeah. the path of least resistance. It's a, it's, it's the way it goes. Yeah, I, I hear bullies they don't realize which, how much of an effect it's having on the rest of people's lives. It's, it's, it's I hear, traumatic. I hear, and they all deserve a punch in the mouth. But like you see, some kids can do it, some yeah. kids can't do it. And that's, what, that's why I would really, like I said, I wouldn't let my kid fight. I mean, I wouldn't let him get a punch in the face of my daughter. But 100%, as soon as she can walk, I'm getting a pair of boxing gloves and I'm going to teach her how to punch. I'm going to get her to jiu-jitsu, learn how to do that, that stuff as well. Yeah. Because you know, I think it's I think it's great and building the confidence up in them to try and to, to do to Confidence. Do that. You know, yeah. it's one thing you, you mentioned my son Jacob, and one of the reasons he walks around with a little bit of confidence, when he was three, we got him into uh, Taekwondo. And when he was nine, he got a black belt. And then when he was nine, we took him to Krav. Right. And the dude is, is a sweetheart. He's a lover, not a fighter. But he walks around with a certain level of confidence yeah. because that training gives not... And I asked you this earlier. As a professional boxer, you are more or less likely to get in a street fight. Less likely, definitely, right? yeah. Do you think yeah. that's true across the board for professionals? I th see, I think th some professional boxers, MMA is a, d a different breed of fighters right. i think but about boxers you get a lot of arseholes they come they come from really bad backgrounds and yeah and and the rough around the edges and that's why they're not successful outside of the ring uh because they're all that so them kind of guys those thugs uh them will be getting in fights yeah where the other kind like myself and some other like olympians or, or high level professionals who's smart them will never not be getting in fights. The likes of, I mean, Floyd Mayweather, he's never going to get in a fight. But he, the people like me. I will tell you something. It, it, you know, I had, and I would say generously, my fight record on the street is five and seven. If you ask some people, they would say it's four and eight. <laughs> I love how you've got a record. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's five and seven, four and eight might be more. Wide. But I would tell you something. You know, you say you got punched 55,000. I, rem I remember the first time I got punched in the face, and I thought, hmm. Don't like that. Do you know what I mean? Was that with a glove or without? Without. Right. Without. I was like, I don't fucking... Which is why when people get on Floyd and he does... It's a boring match. But if I was a boxer, my... <sighs> my yeah. 
whole goal would be not to get punched, right? Yeah, 100%, mate. 100%. I mean, he's doing everything right. He, the, the art of boxing is hit and don't be hit. And, and he does that very well. And he's making a shit ton of money as well. Why do you think he gets so much shit? Is it because he's an asshole? If he was a good guy, do you think he'd get as much shit for fighting the way he does? Or is it just because we're such a bloodthirsty, yeah. MMA, ground and pound mentality? I think so. But if he was a good guy, he's not going to make the money he's making. No right. one's going to watch him because he, he is. People don't want to see someone win on points. People want to see blood. People want to see knockouts. And he's not doing that. But he's got all the, uh, the swagger and all, all of the bling and all the flash and yeah. his cocky which is bringing him the money. So he's, he is the, one of the smartest people in sport. As far as boxing goes, in, a, in the boxing community, is he as good as it gets? Yeah, definitely. I, for, for me, you have a few little mixed opinion, but most people who really know boxing like think he's a shit, which he is. I mean, yeah. he's undefeated. And the people see he's handpicking these opponents, which, I mean, he kind of is, but he's beating everyone out. He beat, beat everyone. How do you not, how do you stand across the ring a guest with somebody who is a professional and one of the best in their sport and not get punched. How the fuck does that happen? How does that happen? How do you not get hit? He doesn't get hit. Yeah, them, them reactions, I don't know. He's, he's, he's one of a kind, you know. He's, he's awesome. I mean, people compare Muhammad Ali. Have you seen the interview where he talks about Muhammad Ali? He says, he got beat a few times. He's in, he was standing there on the ropes taking punishment. Yeah. Why is he the greatest? I don't get hit. I'm the greatest. That's what he was basically saying. I don't have an argument for that. Yeah. He's an asshole. But I, I watch him and I'm like, I can't, like, he he's so much better than everybody yeah. he's standing in front of. So, like, head and shoulders to stand there. And when I watched that Pacquiao fight, I was like, yeah, maybe he hurt his shoulder because he was swinging at air for yeah. fucking two hours. <laughs> yeah. He was swinging as hard as he could at air. Yeah, you're going to hurt your shoulder. Well, that's the thing. Pe people now seeing like, well, he hasn't beat everyone. He hasn't beat Triple G, but... Triple G, are you familiar with? Yeah, 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 yeah. Triple Triple G's a weight above. Well, they're saying, well, he should move up. Like, why the fuck? Why should he move up? Why should he give someone a chance? Like, I think he's retired now at the at the right time. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. I think so too. I think, although I would love to see him lose. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie to you. I would love to see him lose. I would like to see Manny beat him. But um, did you and you ended up getting out of boxing because of some hand injuries? Yeah, yeah, that was it. So. If you think I've been punched in the face 55,000 times. That's what I, because you only fought how many professional fights? 10 professional fights. And where were you in the ranking when you had to retire? Uh, I was like number six or number four in the country at, at my weight division. Because uh -huh. uh, professional, like amateur, I was number three in the world when I won the bronze in the Olympics. And then when I turned pro, I got, I think, number five or six, something like that in the, in the pro rankings. But I had some big li fights lined up and... The constant pounding on the hands. Like I see, if I've been punched in the face fifty thousand times, yeah. imagine how many punches my hands have took. Oh you know, my, yeah. They, these are these are not made for punching. Yeah. Uh, so my hands took too much punishment. And when I was 14, 15, I was punching. I'm not trying to be big at it, but I was punching really hard. I was knocking kids out in the ring. I was talented. I punch. I punch power. But back then, we didn't have the. The trainers didn't have the knowledge of wrapping your hands correctly. I didn't have the right gloves, so right. my hands were fucked at a young age, and I wasn't developed, and they the, the never ever really recovered through that all the way through my career. How old were you when you had to retire? I was 26. Okay. When I had my last fight. This is a this is a common theme in the podcast that I've had for you at 26. Okay, and I th actually thought about you when. Um, because I thought about a bunch of people that I know when my show got canceled, right? When what you've been working your whole life for yeah. gets taken away. What's that like at 26, right? Because at 26, 
physically you're in your prime, right? Yeah. And you're thinking, I, I'm ranked sixth right now. I haven't been beaten. Yeah. I, I've been knocking people out since I was 13. What does that do? How long does it take for you to recover mentally from from your entire, what you've been building up yeah. age 10, right? 10 to 16. Yeah. So basically your life that you remember has been building up to being the best in this sport and then to have it taken away, what does that do? How do you recover? What does that do? Yeah, it, it, it was tough. When I was 16 years old, I won the European when I told you I got concussed. Yeah. Uh, I got put on an eight-year training program for the uh, 2008 Olympics. That was yeah. the year 2000. And was with 50 boxes, I was the only one who went all the way through and went to the Olympics. And then I come away with a medal. So that was massive. It was like the ice and the cake. Yeah. Then I turned professional. I had new goals, world champion, obviously. And, and then when I retired... I never had a plan B. I never... I'm... Well, do most fighters fight because that's the only option they have? Do you know what I mean? Like, Yeah, uh, I, I think a lot of fighters do, but but at the, at the same time, like like to me, I put everything into it since mm -hmm. I was so young, so I just kept drilling towards the goals, you know, and I was achieving my goals, working as hard as I could, achieving all my goals, and then when I, when I come to retirement and they just stopped right and it was like fuck what am i gonna do yeah wh 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 how long i mean there had to be a period of kind of a dark period for you right oh, mate so when i when i had my hand surgery i had the hand surgery waiting for my hands to heal right i came to america with my wife got me green card and i was, cause I was training here as a professional and i was waiting for the hands to heal and they, they weren't healing six months went past seven months eight months it should have been three months nine months ten months a year went past. I was like, "Fuck, my hands are not healing." I put gloves on and I tried, try to punch. It. I, I couldn't do, I couldn't do it. I waited a bit longer. I got some, I got some PRP treatment. Have you heard mm -hmm. of that? Mm -hmm. Where they take your blood, the, 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 the hammered uh, in, uh, a needle into my hip, into the bone, took bone marrow out, <laughs> span, the, took the, the good cells out, and injected it into my hand. I've heard about that. Kobe Bryant did that for exactly. His ankle. Yeah, yeah. 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 But Kobe done it. They took the blood out of his arm. This yeah. they took the bone marrow out of my hip because it's supposed to be more pure. And it was fucking horrible. Then they injected it into my hand with no anesthetic. I've I done every, everything I could do to, to, to get my hands better, and they just wouldn't get better. So during that year when your hands wouldn't get better, and up until that point where you knew, is that a dark period for you? Like, what, what were you mentally, where are you at there? Yeah, so I, I wrote a big status on Facebook about retirement, and I, I broke down and crying. I got fat. I drank so much. Um, my life was like... I, I didn't know what to do. I had nothing, absolutely nothing. I had a bit of money in the bank through my career, but I had nothing apart from a great wife, great family, right. great friends. Without them, pff, Yeah, because it's weird when you have that thing, right? And this is a, a common theme, but what I'm trying to tell people and, and show people by example is there's always tomorrow. Like, yeah. and, and you... Life will show you your plan B. Right. It really will. Yeah. It will show. And, and so, are you looking back like blessing that you got out earlier? One hundred percent. One hundred percent, mate. I, if I, if even I said last year, if I could get my hands better, I wouldn't fight. Life now is so good. So, mate, if you think about it, boxing, the training's so hard. Yeah. The dieting is so hard. Uh, the lifestyle, it's so hard. The fights, the pressure. Uh, for all your family around you, it's it's so hard. It's I'm gonna say it's the hardest job in the world. Uh, obviously, there's other stuff that is hard, but this is the hardest job in the world. And to get out of that now, and I'm and to be 
more successful, well, just as, as successful now as yeah. what I'm doing with my gyms as I was then. I mean, it's, it's a blessing that I got out. Yeah, right? Because if you'd been hit 55,000 <laughs> times at age 26, age 20, I, I'm telling you, like I'm telling you, my fight record, not great. But uh, I, I wasn't really great at um, keeping my hands up. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you get caught. Yeah. <laughs> I got caught with a couple. But it, it does seem like a blessing. And, and, and the other question I had for you, if you were fighting now, right. would you, when your daughter came along, would you have kept fighting? Would you have allowed her to see you get yeah. punched like that? Uh, it's, it's hard to say would you uh, on that that's a hard question because I'm not in that position but I remember I've got a younger sister who right. I wouldn't let her come to any of my fights you know because I, I, I didn't want them to see us getting punched and I was so afraid that if I got hurt because I've been concussed before right. I didn't want her to see in that state so I don't think I would let my daughter come that makes sense I, it always shocks me when I see boxers and then their family in the audience and their kids and I was like Are you? Yeah. I mean listen as a kid to, and knowing what your dad does, but then seeing him get punched in the face is two completely different things. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, Floyd Mayweather does. He's got all these kids. But he never gets punched. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Who? What the fuck? He never gets punched. <laughs> now, you bring up MMA and boxing. Do you feel like, you know, there's always that argument about a good MMA fighter could beat a boxer in the ring. or there's a, do, do you have an opinion on that? Yes, I do know. See, I never, I never followed MMA at all before I got right. a phone call off Brendan Sharp asking yeah. if I'd be his trainer, if I'd teach him boxing. So I did. He's and got some heavy hands, hasn't he? Yeah, he has. He's a, he's a good boxer, and since since then I, I love MMA. I yeah. love all the film. But as uh, there's a lot of talk about, I don't know if you've seen it, Floyd Mayweather versus Ronda Rousey. Yeah. Well, yeah. somebody actually sent in a question: How would you stop Ronda Rousey from getting you in an armbar? Oh, but man. you would just have to catch her with a punch because if if she gets you down on the ground, it seems like it's yeah, over. Man. I, I mean, yeah, you, that's the thing. You've got to catch with a punch. If you don't catch it with that one punch, right. you're you fucked, basically. <laughs> <laughs> no boxer knows how to, how to defend a takedown. Right. No boxer. Floyd Miller is not, uh, you know, so as soon as you're on the floor, it, it's over. So if for it, it, for boxer versus MMA, basically the entire fight comes down to, do you, can you catch them with one or two good punches? Exactly, yeah. If Can you catch them with a, with a one knockout punch? That's going to finish them. If If not... No, you, you, you're getting beat. And so so basically, I, th I would say 99% of the time, the MMA fight is going to beat the boxer. But if they get that one punch. Yeah, it's going to be over. It's going to be game over. Yeah, you know, I watched some of the uh, MMA's really change. You know, like a guy like, you ever watch Chuck Liddell fight? A little bit, yeah, not much. He right now couldn't, because he, he's all stand-up. He was all stand-up. You know, he was good at, at stopping people from taking him down. But the, the they're such well-rounded fighters now. Like they really, yeah. do you know what I mean? They're really well-rounded fighters. I watch Ronda Rousey, and she throws a legitimate fucking punch now. Yeah. I think like look, somebody asked me once, yep. how long do you think I would la last in the round in a ring with Ronda Rousey? I'm like, however long it takes her to catch me. Yeah. I mean, I'll run. I would. Run. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> how big's the ring? <laughs> If it's a mile ring, I still think she could catch me. She could track me down. Like, but but um, is there a certain mentality that fighters have to have? Like, there seems like it seems like it. Like I said, I've been punched in the face, and I was like, I don't think I could ever do that. But that ends up being your job. Yeah, you know, it's weird, but you get used to getting punched in the face. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, you do. Like now, you could put a glove on and punch me in the face. I'll be fine. Unless it's like so hard that it so wobbles us. Does it not hurt anymore at a certain no, point? 
I, no, it doesn't. Like I, you see the the, the tie boxes where they put the uh, kick and the canes and all yeah. that. Yeah. I kind of think it might be like that where you kill the nerves. Or you just get used to it. You expect it, you know. Really? Yeah. So there I mean, I'm talking about the, I'm talking about the little punches, the knockout punches. You're gonna get knocked out. Right. If it's a hard enough punch, knockout. But if it's just like if I had a glove on now and I hit it this hard, the noise, but oh shit. Yeah. But if you done it to me, I, sorry, I, right. I, I would, uh, I'd be fine because I'm, I'm used to, I'm used to it, you know. It's so crazy that you yes. got used to getting punched in the face. All right. Yeah, you know what I mean? I'm used to my, sometimes when my Thai food's a little spicy. I'm used to that. <laughs> Do you know when I come on your TV show and you, and you said about punching the face 55,000 times? Yeah. You, you said, I can't think of anything I've done 55,000 times. Yeah, I can't think of anything I've done 50,000. <laughs> right, Aaron, can you think of anything you've done 55,000 times? I mean, it's kind of crazy. Look, I don't know how, I haven't done the math, but I don't think I've even, have I been alive 55,000 days? <laughs> no, I have not, which means I haven't gone to sleep 55,000 times. Wow. And that's the thing that I think I've done the most in my life. Yeah. <laughs> You've been punched in the face 55,000 yeah, times. Weird, I, I really find it uh, amazing. I, and they have some, I have some more um, questions uh, Okay, from some people. Yeah. The, oh, by the way, let's go back on to that, uh, the Ronda Rousey. Oh, yeah, yeah. If, if it was, I just want to put this across, if it was a boxing fight, she's not going to last a round. Not so, a round. So, so if they're talking about... They're talking about fights like MMA, yeah, she's gonna kill him. But if it's a boxing fight, it's not gonna last around. Because it's just outclass her completely. And that's the thing with the high level boxers compared to the high level MMA fighters, a high level boxer, if it's a boxing fight, will win every day of the week. But in that ring, um in the MMA ring, it's a whole different thing. Oh man, a whole different thing. Like if 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 someone kicked Floyd Mayweather in the leg, kicked me in the leg, that would be it. It would be game over. I'd crawl on the floor and I cry. I tell you that looks leg thing. When I get kicked in the leg, there's one guy who sent in a question. Here it is. Does he have any oddly Harrison or Kelly Maloney stories? Ooh, yes. You can you know, tell? Can do you, you know tell any of them all? Can you tell? No, but this came from uh, Davy J in Toronto. Can you tell everybody right. who they are? Yeah. So Ollie Harrison is an Olympic gold medalist. He's the he's a he's a former European champion. Now he's a, he's retired. He's went into the Celebrity Big Brother house. And yeah. he's, he's one of the, he's he's good. He lives in Calabasas. I, I, he's a great guy, but he gets so much abuse. And he gets abuse. So much How abuse come? for people because he talks a good fight up and then he was getting knocked out like he boxed Dimitri Wilder he got uh -huh. knocked out and he, he talks a good fight up but I, he's, he's, a, he's a friend of mine and I, I like him a lot Kelly Maloney was once Frank Maloney oh right so Fr Frank Maloney was Lennox Lewis's manager yeah he was my boxing promoter uh, he was a big name in the boxing community then last year it was a big story in the newspaper he's turned into Kelly Maloney yeah He's had the the change and all that, and yeah, yeah, and now he's a he's a full blown female. Yeah, and do you know what was funny about that? I know him well. He's a publicity whore, and and he came out and said, "I just need to do it. I need I need to tell everyone that I'm I'm a woman. I, I've felt like this all my life. I've been fighting demons and all that shit." Yeah. Then he's like, "I just want to live a quiet life as a woman." Two weeks later, he's in the celebrity big brother house. Yeah. Well, <laughs> like, what the fuck? As a woman, <laughs> nice quiet life in the yeah, celebrity big brother exactly. house. Yeah, yeah. How crooked is boxing and promoters, and how crooked? Yeah, boxing's crooked. Me, like, boxing's crooked. He was like, he was my promoter, and fucking. Give like, an example of like how they can be promoted, because I don't think most of us understand right. how how the crooked comes in. One example that happened to me when I fought in my home city of Sunderland, uh, I used to get twenty five thousand dollars more than I fought in, let's say, London or wherever I fought. Okay. Right. So 
the venue where I used to fight at was fully booked. So we fought in, in, in another place that was fully booked as well. So we fought in the other place that was in Sunland County, like right next to Sunland called Peter Lee. You know what I want to say, right? So yeah. I fought the fight, sold all my tickets, sold everything. Company paid the promoter $25,000 wasn't on my paycheck. So I'm like, well, hang on. He went, oh, after your fight, yeah. But when I was time to pay you, I checked the postcode, the, the zip code. Yeah. And I realized that it's not actually inside the city of Sunland. It's on the outskirts. <laughs> so I can't give you that money. I'm like, what the fuck? So I've got less 25 grand that I'm out of pocket. Yeah. But because I was brand new at the sport, I was excited. I was getting all this money. I used to work on a catering trailer yeah. before that. I, I had nothing. So, so I'm getting all this money. So I was like, all right, I'm still getting a decent pay deal. That, that's, that's fine. But things like that, now I've retired. Yeah, I could do with $25,000. How much out of that, say you get paid $100,000. Yeah. How do you divvy up that money? How, how does how much does the boxer end up with? I was different. I, I was a little bit smarter on that. I, I I paid my trainer ten percent, and then I had my dad my dad managers. Yeah. Because uh, the the manager's job as a boxer, and until you get a really high level, is pretty simple. But people normally pay the manager twenty five percent as well. So so every trainer gets ten percent. Is that around what? Yeah, it is? That, that's around what it is until you get to a certain level. Like I'm sure Floyd's dad wasn't getting ten percent. Right, these millions. But so, but there are three people in the corner. So does that out of that ten percent, the trainer pays those other two, or you still pay those? Right. Other so two? that's another thing. Yeah, you you pay your cut man about two hundred and fifty pound, about three hundred fifty dollars, mm-hmm. uh, and then the the other guy in the corner is normally just a second. He doesn't really get paid. Yeah. All right, I'm going to ask you, and then I'm going to tell you a good comedy club story. Because the comedy club owners, by the way, guys, not all of them, but there are some fucking crooks. All right, so I, I but just how you've seen Rocky, the first Rocky. Yeah. That whole the famous cut me mix, uh, right? That shit doesn't happen, right? Nobody no. cuts your eyes open on a, in the no. ring. Is this a serious question? Yeah. <laughs> that, no, I mean, that shit doesn't happen. That shit does not happen. That shit does not happen. But on that Rocky movie, that them Rocky movies were so good. Amazing. Amazing. They inspired me as a young kid to, to come up and box. But they would they would stop a fight. Somebody can't see. The fight's over. Yeah. Oh, yes. Definitely. They, they, okay. Yeah. Um, I, 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 there is Great a com- question, by the way. Uh, but listen, <laughs> there are people who think maybe that some people get yeah, cut. Yeah, I bet. Um, okay. So the comedy club owner, and I, and I shared this with you a little earlier. I'll share it with everybody else. It's a comedy club owner, and I won't share his name because I have to go back there. Uh, but... This is, he wanted to pay me. He brought me into the office and he goes, Hey. And I go, Yeah. And there was a girl sitting at his desk with him. And uh, I was like, What's going on? He was like, You know, I can pay you this weekend. Or do you fuck teenagers? And I go, What? And he goes, Do you fuck teenagers? I go, I don't understand what you're asking. No, first of all, I am married. I don't fuck anybody. But even if I wasn't married, I would not fuck a teenager. He's like, You don't fuck teenagers? And I go, does that make me the weird one? Like, yeah. <laughs> I go, no, I'm not. He was like, I go, are you sure? I'm, I mean, I'll write the check, but you could fuck a teenager. I'm like, wow, I am totally good. Wow. <laughs> I'll take the check. As a matter of fact, you should probably cash. I would, I'm, <laughs> yeah. If you're offering a teenager instead of a, yeah, I've had some, really, I've had a guy hand me a check and say, don't cash this till next month. Wow. Um, you know, one of the things also that happens a lot is, you know, you look out in the crowd and there'll be a ton of people. And then they'll say, oh, no, we actually ended up giving all these tickets away so you don't get your bonus. Because there's no, I don't, I can't prove that they didn't yeah. buy them. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. It's really hard sometimes. Um, but but when you hit, when you're, I'm sure it happened with you too. At a lower level, they take way more advantage of you, right? Oh, yeah, big time, big time. And I, and I was a higher level fighter because yeah. all my fights were on TV. But the lower guys who's getting next to nothing. And the UFC is the same. The UFC is the same. That... 
that them guys are getting fucking next to nothing. They're getting three thousand dollars a fight. And then, what? And then if they win, they get six thousand dollars. So the lower level guys, lower level guys, yeah, get three thousand dollars a fight when they lose. Yeah. So they've been training for how long for that? Like six to eight weeks. Six to eight weeks. And then how much of that three thousand after taxes? And paying everybody out, they walk away with a thousand dollars. In the negative, if you think you're gonna, you've got to live, you've got to live for uh, eight weeks in Holy a training camp. Holy shit! Yeah. I remember when we were at the last show when Brendan fought uh, Travis Brown. There was one guy who, who who was there. He was come from Armenia or somewhere, but he needed to fly his cut man out. He needed to fly his nutritionist out. He, needed, he was flying all these people out. The flights got cancelled, so we had to pay more money. I think it cost him something like fifteen thousand dollars to fight. <laughs> <laughs> And the fucker lost. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> he got he began paid fifteen. He paid someone fifteen thousand uh, uh, dollars. Uh, well, the the whole thing will have cost him fifteen grand to get to get knocked out in one round. <laughs> what is the? Can you remember the hardest you've ever hit somebody? <sighs> nah, I can't. Admit. I I I knocked. Yeah, I can't actually. I fought an Irish guy. He was a he was involved with the IRA and all them. It was a professional fight. Well, have you ever been approached like that to go, hey, take this dive or something like that? No. Nothing like that. No, I mean, I would. <laughs> I would. Give me a hundred grand, mate. I'm fucking fine. I'm, yeah. I'm in this for the money. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so this is another way how it's crooked. My, my promoter told this uh, this Irish guy I was fighting. If you, this is my promoter. If you beat Tony Jeffries, I'm gonna give you a contract. And. So this fucking Irish guy, he's a journeyman, he's all hyped up. Yeah. I'm fighting him, he's fucking headbutting headbutting elbowing dirty as fuck. He headbutts us, cuts my eye this big. Like, I'm telling you, I had a yeah. score right down here. And then as soon as that happened, I hit him with a one-two, knocked him clean out, he was asleep on the floor. If that never happened, I would have lost the fight and he would have got contact with my dodgy promoter, Kelly Maloney. Is that, is that, is the headbutt the easiest cheat to get away with in boxing because you can always claim it to be i used to watch holyfield fight that dude used his head more than anybody yeah. and he had a big giant fucking head <laughs> right but he used his head more than anybody yeah but yeah it is because the, the thing is we're ahead but it doesn't have to be hard it can just be you can turn and boom and it stuns you bone on bone especially i've got these eye, big eyebrows bones yeah i get cut straight away so yeah it's so easy to hit someone with a head here's here's another question if you if you're if you're somebody who doesn't know how to fight, and you're confronted with a fight you have to get into, and you're gonna throw a punch, would you throw that punch to somebody's stomach? Is the stomach punch underestimated with the amount of damage that it could do to somebody who's not expecting it? Yeah, it, it definitely is. But I wouldn't. I would punch them in the face because if if you hit them in the stomach, you've got to hit them in the right area to, uh -huh. to really do the damage in the solar plexus right here. Yeah. If you miss that, if you if you hit a little bit higher in the chest, you're gonna get your head punched in. <laughs> <laughs> so you wanna hit them as right. hard as you can straight in the, in the jaw and the nose. But those stomach punches in a, in a fight, do they take oh, them out of you? Mate, yes, mate, if you get hit with a body punch. Have you ever been hit with one? You said you've been knocked yes. out for times. Yeah, I got hit mate. in a body punch that, not, that basically, it was one punch and I just couldn't breathe. Yeah, the horrible. So sometimes you, you hit someone with a body punch, it takes three or four seconds for the effect to hit in. So really? you'll hit them and they'll be there. Next thing they'll be on the floor, like creased up. Like, yeah, so body punch is a great punch. It was my favorite punch, the left hook of the body. I've yeah. heard that that kidney punch is the war. Is it the liver? Which one is the one that that will knock you right? Yeah, it's, it's around, uh, yeah, you can see the kidney punch, but if you hit them at the front, yeah, you, you're going to kill someone, mate. You're going to really take someone out. It's a, it's a great feeling. It, it really a, is. It's an amazing... And then, by the way, we'll open up the phone lines. 323-282-7424. You got a call? That was quick. Hey, 
What's your name? Where are you calling from? You're on with Josh and Tony. You got a question? Hey, it's Carrie from Orlando. What's up, Carrie? How are you, man? Good, good. Um, well, first off, Tony, I've really enjoyed listening to your story and oh, everything you. about boxing and all that. Appreciate and it. I'm jealous of the accent. <laughs> I really am. I mean, <laughs> ladies have to love it. Oh, but, man. Um, Being an American with accent, I, it's great. Yeah, right? Yeah, right? yeah big time. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, I know there has had to be some asshole in a bar or something that has come up to you just because they know you're a boxer and tried to fight you. Right. Has that ever happened? It was funny. Josh just like, asked me that question before the podcast started. Yeah. And he was surprised when I said, no, they haven't. Because think of it, if, you, if you're an arsehole who's a bully, yeah. the last person you want to pick on is a person who can look after themselves and a chance of knocking you straight out. So, no, I, I never have, especially with me... I'm, I've got a reputation of being a nice guy because I am a nice guy. Yeah. Uh, so, so no, no one's ever come up and approached me for for a fight. Even when I was doing night, nightclub security, people knew who I was. This was before the Olympics. Right. And uh, I never, never had a fight. Yes, Kerry. It's funny. I asked the same question because I assume that there's some tough guy out there who's like, "Oh, I can fucking take that." Exactly. Guy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Especially at a bar or something. Somebody's had a little too much to drink and. Just you know, want to, you know, prove their manhood or something. You know what's funny to me, and I've seen bar fights. It's is this right to assume uh, every the the person who wins always seems to be the person who looks the most calm. Does that make sense? Yeah, it, it does. And they're kind of yeah. they're kind of taking their not taking their time, but there's no wild swing. It's more just like measured shit. Yeah, them is normally the guys who's got a bit of experience right. in boxing or in MMA and martial arts. But yeah, but really, it's, and, it's the guy who lands first. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. True, and most of the time, it's not the person who started the fight either. So just well, putting that out the there. Most of the time, the person who starts the fight is the one who loses the fight. Yeah, I love I love seeing that someone starting a fight with someone and getting knocked the fuck out. I, I mean, I enjoy <laughs> seeing that. You know? I, I actually do. I do, I, and I've seen these YouTube videos as well talking about bullies earlier on. I've seen a few of them where someone's picking on someone. I hate it, but then the bully just punches them straight in the face and knocks oh. them out. That's great. Oh, yeah, I've seen a, a couple of ones on the kids in the playground where there's a bigger kid picking on a little kid and the kid, little kid comes out of nowhere. Mm. An uppercut. <laughs> that chin shot, what is it? Is that the, that's the knockout button, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's the button there. Kerry, thank you very much for calling, man. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks, Have man. a great night, guys. Thank Thanks. 323-282-7424. Um, 323-282-7424. So now you own some boxing gyms. Yeah. And here in LA, you think boxing is the best workout for people? One hundred percent, mate. One hundred. I want to see that because I own boxing gyms, but no, it, it definitely is. It's a full body workout, and that, that, that that's another great part of my story. Is I, I come from nothing when I was saying I was down and depressed, and now. Uh, how did you? How did you? Did you have to find someone to invest with you in your first place? How did you end up getting that? Right. So I, I start working at some bullshit gym, and I met a trainer there who was teaching boxing, and. We took it onto, onto the Santa Monica Bluffs, and we were, you know what, I was teaching, I went from earning a six-figure salary to working in Santa Monica, teaching classes for $10 an hour, and being in the limelight, getting all this, being a big name in boxing in, in the UK, where everyone recognizes to being a, a noob kind of, how did you, it was horrible, man. How did you, I know, like, and I, and I guess I never got the answer, how did you, make that recovery right. where was that what was the do you remember the day where you were like i can't fucking 
I can't drag my feet anymore. Like I can't feel bad for myself anymore. Do you remember the day or was there something like one thing that happened? See, it was kind of a process where me, where I was waiting for my hands to heal and they weren't healing. And I was starting to get in the back of my head that I'm not going to get better. I'm not going to get better. So it wasn't just the overnight thing. It was a long process of thing right. which helped. And then, yeah, when I announced the retirement, it was all about, I was like, fuck, now what am I going to do? I've got zero income, zero skills apart from the boxing skills. And luckily I, I, I start working in this bullshit gym and then we, we moved to the Santa Monica Bluffs and opened another gym. I invested some of my money I made from boxing yeah. with my business partner, Kevin. And and now, well, last last month, our gym got named number one gym in California by men's, awesome. by men's Fitness Magazine, which is huge. So our gyms are booming and we, we're looking to open the third gym in West Hollywood uh, early next year. Do you think the boxer's mentality helped? You know, I have my saying uh, when I was, look, I we've all had our hardships and you know people who listen to this podcast know that you know i lived in one bedroom with my three kids as a single wow. dad as a single dad for a while making 1100 dollars a month and my saying during that time which stopped me from going crazy was i just got to keep my, keep my legs moving right the mentality that if as long as my legs are moving I may not go forward if it's a tough day, but I'm not going to fucking go backwards from here. I made a decision that this was as low as I was going to get. Right. Did you do that with yourself where you were like, I have to fucking, this is, I'm done feeling bad. Yeah. I have to move forward from here. I kind of did once I announced the retirement and then it was like, fuck, what am I going to do now? I'm going to be successful in whatever I do. And that's like the, the fighter's spirit, I guess, yeah. you know, just wanting to be successful. And that's never stopped. In fact, it's got more and more like now i'm now i'm more hungry than i've ever been in my life i'm so confident of just fucking smashing this fitness industry and i'm really loving doing it and i'm loving life and 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 that's the fighter's mentality just yeah. keep working towards like you that, that's crazy story that you were doing that 1100 a month with three kids in a one bedroom yeah dude we to say that we ate three meals a day is generous we just made we i there was one meal and we just split it up into three wow. But yeah, I mean, look, I do believe that in order to get to where you're supposed to be, and, and some people decide to cross that fucking river and some people decide not to. Some people turn back and they go, that, yeah. that river is not worth crossing. And I think those people end up in a life where they're not as fulfilled as they could be. I'm not saying they have bad lives, but I saw what was on the other side of the river and I was like, I want that. It's going to be fucking hard to get over there. But I'm going to get over there. Yeah, that's and, amazing. But I, but I, I think it's a, um, I don't know if it's a, it, it's just a decision that, for me, honestly, you want to know what the decision was? I didn't want my kids to see me quit, if right. I'm being honest. Wow. At the that's end of the great. day, I, you know, and I've said this before, my parents were like, you have to start to think if you're being selfish. Are you being selfish by not getting a real job? And putting those kids through what you're, they're putting them through. And I used to tell them, I don't see it as putting my kids through something. Because at the end of the day, they're happy. They know they're loved. We hang. We have a good time. It's not traditional. I definitely was not a traditional parent. Yeah. And I did some things that some people would be like, that's a little fucking weird. But they were happy and we got through it. But at the end of the day, I wanted them to see when you, to get to where you want to get to, sometimes you got to fucking sleep in shit yeah. for a little while. And that'll really, I'm sure that'll really pay off in their life, seeing how you've done that by working hard and being committed to where you are now. Then we'll see that and they'll be like, shit, well, if he can do that, why can I not? You know? I hope so. I hope so. You know, what I really, and it's hard as a parent, this is the hard thing. And and listen, you you also, you were 
just listening to your upbringing, you, your dad was a tougher guy. Yeah. Okay. Um, our instinct, once we've been through shit, is to mm-hmm. not allow your kids to go through it. Yeah. But I truly believe it's what makes you a better person. Do you know what I mean? So there's a catch-22 of how much shit do you want your kids to struggle? How much struggle do you want them to have? Right. How much failure do you want them to have? Mm. Do you know what I mean? It must be hard, mate, the hard balance of that. Well, your instinct, your daughter is, how old's your daughter? She's one and a half, and I've got another one on the way in a few more months. But I was thinking that as well, like, I I really appreciate my rough upbringing and my background, but I, I love it to install it into them, but... Now, how am I going to go without spoiling her? It's so hard not to yeah. spoil her. Give her everything she wants. How, how are you supposed to say no to your, to your kids, how you love more than anything? You yeah, know? you know, I I, um, I, definitely hear what you're saying. For me, I, did, I made the mistake for a couple of years because we were so poor and we went without for so long right. that when I got a little money, I know that I went a little overboard. Right. I, I, but for, look, honestly... I ate one meal a day in my apartment. And when I say one meal a day, that one meal was generally black beans, tuna fish out of a can with cheddar cheese. Wow. Because they, it was cheap. How long ago was that? It was years. Right. Years, years, years. But, you know, and we, I used to make a big pot of white rice and tuna fish. And then just we'd spice it up because it was just cheap. Right? Wow. So... We honestly, I don't think we ate a meal in the house after I got some money for six months. We did breakfast, lunch, dinner out. That's great. It was, was one of those things. Yeah. And, and, you know, I'm a bit of a shoe whore. And one of the reasons <laughs> I am is because I had one pair of shoes for four years. One pair. That I didn't like have a boot and a workout shoe. I didn't have a walking around shoe. I had a wor- My workout shoe was my shoe, was my audition shoe, was my everything shoe. Yeah. And I got that shoe for free. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, but, but like... Yeah, it's it's such an interesting balance because I bet you one of the reasons you are successful is because of how you were raised and realizing that you were you had to keep throwing metaphorically keep throwing punches. Yeah, yeah. But you you don't want your kids to do it. But at the end of the day, you think, am I in a in a weird way? Am I am I hurting them a little bit by not making them fight for it a little bit? Exactly. Like like. Is there a right and wrong way? There's not. There's not. Is there? There's not a book that tells you exactly how to bring your kids up. No. There's, there's not. Is well, that's there? a crazy thing. Isn't the crazy thing like, look, if you, if you, uh, if you get an appliance, mm. and you don't know how to use it, you can call the store and be like, I don't know how to fucking, I don't know how to turn this microwave <laughs> on, but they just let you walk out of the hospital with a baby. Yeah. You know what I mean? No idea what you're doing. No, and if you call them and go, hey, I don't fucking know, they'd be like, we don't know either. So good yeah, luck. You've got to figure it out. It's the weird thing, right? They really, yeah. they just kind of give it to two people. That first kid, they're giving this child. <laughs> I'll tell you what the weird, the fucking, the first, the first time I had to bathe because they're slippery when they're little. Yeah. I thought I was going to drop. Do you know yeah, what I mean? I thought constantly. they were going to, I thought I was like going like, to slip yeah. out of my hand like a piece of soap. Yeah. What? And for your daughter, when she falls, is your first instinct to pick her up? Oh yeah, straight away, straight away. Yeah. Do you think I'm you'd so be worried. different with a boy? I, no, I think I'd be the same. Another thing, when I'm walking, because I've just moved from Venice Beach, I used to live in Venice Beach. Yeah. So I'm walking down there with my daughter, and you see all the weirdos and fucking creeps down there. Yeah. It's I'm just paranoid all the time. I'm on the lookout. Like the instincts are like waiting for someone to do something so I can stop them. Do you know? Yeah. I'm yeah. Constantly all worried. We're the same. It's interesting, right? Uh, because I uh, 
what's interesting is like think about when we were teenagers. Yeah. Or when you were when you were a teenager, like um, you wouldn't want your you want your freedom. You don't want your yeah, kid, exactly. parent to be productive. Yeah. You don't want all all of that. Like it's different. Like I, when I when my kids were are so much older now, so it's hard for me to remember. But that instinct to pick them up never goes away. But at some point in time, and I I've been through this with one of you know with my son Jacob right now. You know, he did did not like LSU. And um, my he called me week in. And for a lot of different circumstances, it just ended up being a bad spot for him. Um, but he called me a week in, and my instinct is to go, fuck it, get on a plane. Yeah. Get on a fucking plane. Mm-hmm. But then what came over me was, I can't. he can't think that I'm going to rescue him every time yeah. something bad happens or something. And truly... You know, I always tell them, you have to do the things you don't like. You have to work harder and do the things you don't like better than the things you do like. Yeah, that's great. To get, do you know what I mean? Yeah, you get more of that. You have to. You have to. Because generally, to get to the thing that you want, you have to do a ton of shit you don't want. Mm-hmm. So you have to do that even better. You have to work even harder at that shit than you do once you get... You're in a place right now where you're doing something you love. Yeah. You had to fucking... The work you had to do to get to that spot was grunt work, yeah. and, and 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 all that shit, right? Yeah, it's the same with everyone and all all accept yeah accept life, right? But your instinct with your own kid is to go is to go. Well, let me help you. With it's that. worrying. It's worrying for me. But like I said, it's a year and a year and a half. So I've, yeah. I've got I got that. I'll I'll get more experience and I'll, I'll learn along the way. I you know what the scary thing is because who knows where social media is going to be when your when yeah. your fucking kids get. There. Did you see that video on YouTube the other week where? There was a guy texting all these young girls and they were getting them out into the vans. Yes! Fuck me. And their parents were waiting in the van for them? Yes, mate. Oh, my. Listen, I will tell you something. My, (laughs) my, that fucking scared the shit out of me. But, you know, my daughter used to think she was falling in love with people online. How old is your daughter? She is now 22. So she used to think she was falling in love with people online. Okay. So this one guy, she was like, I love him. Oh, my God, I love him, right? He's my soulmate. Show, and she showed me the picture that he sent her. Well, it was a Photoshopped picture of 21 Jump Street Johnny Depp. <laughs> but she doesn't know who the fuck that is, yeah. right? So she was like, isn't he cute? I'm like, yeah, he's really cute. But that's definitely not the wow. guy. She's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, that's Johnny Depp. It's fucking Johnny wow. Depp. <laughs> it's Johnny Depp. Of course you think he's good looking. He's <laughs> the most beautiful man that's ever walked the fucking planet Earth. 21 Jump Street Johnny Depp? Hell yeah. I mean, everyone's dropping their pants, man, woman, whatever. Every, for that guy, right? I was like, fuck yeah. But you never know. And I told her, I go, how do you know this guy you're talking to isn't some dude that I went to college with? How yeah. do you know? You don't fucking know. And that's the scary thing. What The scary thing is, is all those young girls believed the guy I think it was text and Facebook yeah, stuff, exactly. right? Yeah. Believe whatever he said, believe the guy. For those of you who don't know this, there was a sting operation where these this guy pretended to posed online being a teenage boy and lured the daughters of these people who's who uh into a van. Now, in the van was the guy and the kids' parents. And all the kids' parents across the board were like, You're never gonna get yeah. her in the van. She knows better, she's not getting in the van. And the guy was like, Okay. And she got every fucking one of them got in the fucking van. 
Is that insane? It was terrifying, especially being a dad. Yes. Terrifying, mate. How has your view in general with that shit changed since your daughter? Oh, big time, big time, mate. It's like the the things as well now with the social media and, and the cell phones and pictures, like it never goes away. If you send a picture of yourself, it never goes away. It's there forever. So I, 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 that's another conversation I want to have to have real, like yeah. do that shit. No, but like you see it, these girls, you see them trusting people and the parents think, no, my daughter will not do that. Obviously, I'm going to think my daughter will yeah. never do that. But that video just shows. The you know? picture one is the one because look, when yeah. you're 14 and you're a girl or a guy, right? You think this is the love of my life. I'm going to be with this person yes. forever. Yeah. If they say they want to see a picture of my tits, they're not going to show anybody. And guess what? They're going to show fucking everybody. Everyone. Every single person. Yeah. It's not even like, oh, maybe. No. Listen, the reason you get a picture or you take a picture is to show other people. If you didn't want to show anyone else, you'd never take the fucking picture. <laughs> yeah. You just keep it for your memory. Yeah. The reason someone snaps a picture, it's like the same with a sex video. We'll make a sex video, we won't show anybody. No. Yeah. The reason it's on camera is so someone else can take a little looky though. Yeah. I and, and listen, I would look I am a guy. I was a teenage boy. You can't trust a fucking one of them. Yes. Not a fucking 100%. one of them. Do you agree with that? Not yeah. a fucking because a teenage boy is thinking about his dick and how he can impress his friends. Yeah. What's more impressive than a picture of some tits on their phone? <laughs> Did you see there was this undercover uh, sexting ring in Colorado? I guess there's something on your iPhone, on the calculator app. Aaron, did you see this? On the calculator app, behind the percentage button, you oh, can, yes, you can store it. hidden <clears throat> pictures. Yes. And there was a ring of high school kids sexting titty pictures and dick pictures behind the calculator. Yeah, did you I've read that? that? It was on the news, it was everywhere. The police are involved now, and yeah, yeah, it's 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 scary. My daughter's a, my my daughter my my sister is eleven years younger than me, and I remember I, I told, told her when she was getting like uh, sixteen, I had a word with because she looks up at me, I'm I'm an idol, yeah, and I said, don't trust boys. Every single boy, male, is horrible. I said, yeah. I said, including me, yeah. So I'm not now, but I was, yeah, I was horrible. So and that that was the conversation I had with my sister, and she was crying. I was saying, please. And another thing as well, what kids do now, they're, they're building up numbers sleeping with people. I yeah. mean, when I was a kid, I kind of did it, but I'm a boy. Yeah. But like the girls as well, now where I'm from, I hear that the more the more girls they sleep with, it's, I mean, the more guys they sleep with, the better. And I'm telling my sister, like, no, keep that number down. Yeah. You never, you never want to get someone, you know? <laughs> no, but I would say that to, I'd say, I would say that to my son too. Hey, you're on the phone with Josh and Tony. What's going on? What's your name? Where are you calling from? Hey, man, it's Justin from Quincy. How are you doing? What's up, Justin? How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. What do you think about our conversation with Tony? <laughs> Tony, you're a stand-up man. Thank you. Thank you, mate. Appreciate that. Um, do you have, uh, you have a question? Yeah, I do. Um, and, and not to beleaguer the point, I feel like every time that you and I talk, it's about me being gay. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm just wondering. <laughs> I, you always hear about... In, in, like in the NBA, Jason Collins came out. It was a big thing. Uh, in the NFL, Michael Sam came out. It was a big thing. And again, super great strides forward for the community. But with boxing, you don't really hear too much about mm. anybody coming out or, or interesting. the LGBT community and, as a whole. Is, is it that is that because nobody was really coming out, or is it because boxers really just don't give a shit? They just want to get in the ring and, and fight. I, I don't know, but I I do remember <laughs> Kelly Maloney, my old promoter, Frank Maloney. One of one of my uh, 
stable mates in my old camp, a good-looking guy, Brian Rose, he's a British champion now, he, he told him, he says, if you come out and see your gear, he was straight, I'll make you a millionaire. <laughs> really? Yeah, he said, because... Really? That, that's what that's what boxing's waiting for. Someone, uh, the first boxer who comes out and sees the gear, that that's going to be headlines. It's, uh, how massive. do you feel like the boxing community would embrace... A gay fighter. I think this day and age now that would take it like like great, you know. Right now, I think most people's past all all that gear shit, you know. Right, like, as everyone t- accepts it now. Yeah, especially with like you see all, all these other people coming out. Yeah, um, everyone accepts it. So, do you think it's different in boxing because it's not a team sport, so it'd be more acceptable, right? So you, it's not like you know what I mean, Justin. Like in in with Michael Sam, he had to come out and he had to. Re- hope that 44 or yeah. 52 other guys were going to be okay with him. Do you feel yeah. like you think it's going to be easier for a boxer or somebody who doesn't have to rely on a, a, a locker room for yeah, the other guys? I, yeah, I, I do. I think when thinking about it like that, it would definitely be easier for a boxer to do it. But like, I, I know thousands of boxers and I, I can't I can't think of anyone who, who may be gear. And I, 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 I don't know. I don't know if it's a, a support, a sport where people actually are because it's a more physical sport I, I don't know from maybe i don't know maybe justin maybe like mma like has that them have never had a no maybe it, maybe there's such a heavy level of machismo in those two sports yes that maybe they'd be seen as it, it, they'd think they'd be seen as lesser of fighters do you think so justin do you think that's yeah I'm, I'm kind of going back and forth because it is such a macho sport it's it, it's probably the most macho yeah. of the sports and I, it, it's either a plus or, or a negative i think that because there's no team that would be a little bit more freeing but at the end of the day you want to be that guy who's like you know what fine i'm gay i'm coming out i'll, I'll go into the ring with whomever else right if for whatever if tony and, and it's not an if when tony would win does then tony get the onus like oh my god you beat up you won against right. one openly gay boxer you know yeah. what I mean? It's 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 a catch twenty two. That's interesting. What, what we we kind of mentioned about gears boxing before right. we started this, and uh, and what I said was, I think it's a very very intimidating sport for gear guys to get into, right? Well, I will tell you, I trained with a lot of gay guys in Krav Maga, Justin, and I and, mm-hmm. and I will tell you that they, to a man, were like, they they. They were it was they were tired of being bullied. Every single one, every single yeah. gay guy that I trained with in Krav, trained for that ex- express that that explicit reason, which was every single one of them said, "You know what? I don't want to hear one more person call me a homo. Right. The next person who does, I'm gonna know how to punch them in the face." Is this guy gay, Justin? Justin's gay, yes. Justin, have you ever been to a boxing gym? No, but believe me, my body tells me I should be. Why? <laughs> why, why have you not? Is it, is it is it because it's intimidating and you'll not be accepted? Is that do you feel like that that was the reason? Oh, absolutely. Uh, my grandfather was a boxer back in Pennsylvania. Um, I didn't know him super well, but everybody that he that knew him and and is a part of the family knew it was a huge part of his life. I know what it takes. I'm just the laziest fuck when it comes to uh maintaining my body i think he was asking do do you feel like it would be intimidating to walk in there as an openly gay man into a boxing gym oh no 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 absolutely not no i think i think we've come a a very long way and and quite frankly regardless of whether it's sports or or a professional setting 
I, I am who I am, and I, I haven't gotten very little pushback on that, so I wouldn't anticipate the boxing community to be any different. I don't think so yeah, either. that's great. I don't think so either. It's an interesting question, and I hadn't thought about that, Justin. Like, an MMA, um, an MMA is a whole different level than boxing because MMA in, in, it has a lot of wrestling. Yeah, a lot closer. Yeah. It's an interesting thing, right? Because I bet you it would be easier for a boxer to come out than an MMA guy. Yeah, I think so too. I think so too. I think so too. And it's unfortunate for that, but I do think, and I'll tell you what, Justin, I think that we're not too far away. Because if if you just if we just look at numbers and their percentages, which is honest percentages, the numbers of boxers, the number of MMA fighters, somebody's gay. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, they've got to be. Don't you think, Justin, it's a numbers game, right? It's a, oh, it's, absolutely. I, I mean, it's a numbers game. We have maybe one or two in the NFL, one or two in the NBA. And like you had mentioned, those are team sports. Yeah. For, for that many people, and yes, it's only one or two, but for that many to have come out in such a great way, that speaks to how many are potentially being silent within the boxing and MMA community. I, I, they're, they're there. It's well, just a matter of whether or not they are ready for it. Both Jason Collins and Michael Sam have said publicly that people, other guys in the NBA and NFL have reached out to them saying that they're gay, they're just not brave enough wow. to come out. So both of them said, oh, we've, I've been contacted by a bunch of other guys. And so, yeah, I think it's only a matter, it seems to me to be only a matter of time. A matter of time before everyone's out, right? Yeah. It's got to be before it's totally accepted. Here's what, here's what would be the best part, is that the best part is, we're going to have to get past the part where everybody comes out. And then hopefully we get to the part where nobody has to come out because it's not a fucking big deal. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yes. Ho hopefully we get to that exactly. point yeah. where someone's sexuality isn't even a conversation, which it shouldn't be. Yeah. Do you know? Yeah. That's, that's the ultimate goal is that it's not a big deal when someone comes out because who cares who you're fucking? Yeah. It's kind of like that. Yeah. Ali and Elbow, right? You know, I feel like that in LA where we in LA we for in LA especially it's it's totally accepted like you know LA not a big deal at yeah. all but different parts of the country look I go and I travel around the country it's it's not I mean the homophobia is I look I have guys in the meet and greet lines sometimes and this is amazing who won't you know in meet and greet lines I go arm around both people who I'm there with yeah and I had a guy this weekend be like hey, dude don't put your arm around me dude that's kind of gay and I go it's not gay. We're taking wow. a picture together. This is how we bring it in. This is us being friends. And I go, I'm going to tell you the truth. And I didn't take a picture with him. Really good. Yeah, I go, this is not, I go, first of all, that's not a sign of, of being gay. I'm not sure you quite understand how that is. But it, it's not uncommon for a guy to say that to me. And I never take a picture wow. with them unless they go, I, and I'll tell them, well, I only feel comfortable with my arm around you. So either yeah. it's arm around or no picture. And inevitably, those guys say no picture. Wow. A hundred percent. Happens almost every weekend. That's crazy. So it's not like it's going away, yeah. Yeah. but a, but in certain places in the country, it's way, way, way better. Yes? But I think that the, the people that do that to you, Josh, uh, and I think this should be the case with a lot of things, when they exhibit that, I'm uncomfortable, I'm uncomfortable, to, to something that's not uncomfortable, I think they have something going on within themselves. A hundred percent. I think they might want to suck a dick. Yeah, that's what I think. <laughs> I actually, I feel like telling them that every time. I'm like, but then I think that that would end up with me getting punched in the face. Yeah. So, <laughs> <Cool about. laughs> Justin, thank you very much for calling. 
Thanks, man. Thanks, it was Justin. a pleasure meeting you, Tony. Have you a good too, night. Mate. You too. Thank you. Um, it's funny. Uh, and I, a couple more things, and then we'll get out of here. This is I, I, it has always fascinated me about boxers when I watch in the ring. What's going through your mind? Anything? Do you know what I mean? Because I see those yeah. guys. It. it I, I hate to say that they look calm, because it, it, it seems to me that the best fighters look calm. Right. And relaxed. And their shoulders are down. They're not up. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? They're yeah, yeah. relaxed oh, guys. Yeah. But what's going, is it all instinct and muscle memory? Or is there a plan where you're like, oh, I'm gonna, are you thinking? Eh, that's a great question. And I've never really thought about that before. But yeah, when you're in there, it's a lot of inst instinct. You you do what you're, what you're trained to do. You don't really think about it that much. But when you get caught with a, with a decent shot, you think, yeah. fuck, I need, I need to get one back now. Because that, that was, he's just scored a point, you know? Uh, so you're saying just like with the amount of training, right? And the amount of times where you're bobbing and weaving and throwing punches, your instinct, your muscle memory from seeing it so many times takes over. Yeah, exactly. And like I told you before, when I got concussed, when I was 16, I got con concussed a few times. When you forget what you're doing, yeah. your memory's gone, your, your mind's elsewhere. You're fine on instinct and you're winning fights on instinct alone. So your muscle memory and all that really plays a big part in it. But, but when you're in that ring and the, and the lights are on and the crowd's roaring, you can't hear, hear anything apart from maybe your corner man's mm -hmm. little voice, what you're used to. And uh, yeah, you just want to win. You just want to land them punches. So when you're throwing punches, you're, you're, uh, there's no plan. You're not like, oh, I'm standing here. Oh, I'm going to catch him with a right right now. So I'm going to do this and this. Or it's all instinct. Yeah, it's not all instinct. Like, for instance, what I, what I would always do, I would throw a jab and see what he'd do. I'd see, I'd see he'd try to parry, parry the punch. Because right you're hand. trying to set him up for something. Yeah, so then next time you want to fake the jab because you know his hand's going to come down to catch the punch and then come straight over with the left hook, right hand. So you, you, you're off, you're thinking about what he's doing and and, and, and that sort of thing. And But you, you never, people think you try, try to knock him out. You never try to knock him out. When you do try to knock someone out, that's the times you don't really knock them right. out. You knock people out when you're least expecting it. Is a good punch, now I played, I played baseball, and uh, people, uh, I remember my son asked me, he said, when you hit a home run, what'd that feel like? I go, honestly, it never felt like the ball even hit the bat. Yes. It was so clean. Like on a, when it's not as clean, you can feel it in your hand or there's a little, is that the same with a punch? Yeah. When you, when you, knock, when you knock someone out, you, you, you can't, it's, it's just so clean and crisp, it's perfect and they just disappear. Remember the first time I knocked someone out was 15. I was out in the middle, in the mix with it. Next thing, he just disappeared. <laughs> I swear. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, where the fuck's he gone? <laughs> well, he's on the floor. Get him. <laughs> Were you ever worried about somebody knocked out? Uh, no. No. I was so... No, I wasn't. No. What do you think the biggest difference between you now and you as the boxer? Now, after I've been teaching boxing, I feel like I know boxing better. I know the game better. I know what my trainer should have been telling me. Oh uh, really? <clears throat> yeah, oh big time. Now, now I'm teaching it. I see these little things. I'm thinking, why the fuck did my trainer not tell me to do this? Why did I not do this? I would have been a way better fighter if I knew then what I know now. But as a person, I'm 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 more relaxed. I'm more chilled out because when you're fighting, you've got the fight on your mind 24 hours a day. When you're sleeping, when you wake up, you wake up in the middle of the night. You think about your opponent. You think about your diet because you're hungry. Uh, you think about your training <laughs> the next day. It's just them eight weeks of training camp. It's fucking horrible, mate. It's just non-stop thinking about uh, about your opponent, about everything. It's a uh, it's really tough. What's mentally. what's that feeling when you get in the ring? Is it just like literally unleashing an animal into a cage? Uh, no, not really. You're ready. You're prepared. 
you're in the best shape you've ever been in your life. Yeah. You're, you're getting in, in the ring to, to do a job. The nerves have completely gone for me personally. Oh, nerves are gone. As soon as you step... Are gone. It's the same thing, you know, before I get on stage, I'm nervous. Yes. And people who know me know that before I get on stage, honestly, the first, the last thing I say to myself is, oh, well, tonight's the night they find out I'm not that funny. Like, that's really? the last, yeah. But when I get on stage, all that's gone. Yeah. All that is completely gone. Even now? Even now. I think, and my worst shows are the ones where I'm not nervous before. Right. When there's no yeah. butterflies. My the energy's low. My worst shows are the ones where I don't feel anything beforehand. Does that make sense? That's what they say about fighting as well. Nerves are good for you. Every, and it's funny, funny you say that. Every time you walk into the ring as a fighter, and I know so many fighters that say the same thing, always think in the back of your mind, why the fuck am I doing this? <laughs> I swear, mate. <laughs> yeah. <You're> a, <laughs> but when you think about it, it's true. I'm walking to have a fight with another man who's going to try and knock me off. Why, why the fuck does anyone want to do this? Yeah, that's what I, I would wonder the same thing. Can I tell you, I, one of the um, eight, eight, my eight losses or seven or eight losses, however, depending on who you ask, came and I was in a bar and there was this dude who was way bigger than me. And I knew we were about to fight. So I was like, I'm going to have to hit him first. Yeah. I would say that I hit him about as well as I could hit anybody. And his head turned. His hat did not come off his head. His head turned, and he looked back to me, and he goes, Son, you're going to have to do a lot better than that. Oh, <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, that was not one of my wins. That, <laughs> yeah. but, but when he said that, that should have been the time to like, say, all right, see you later. Oh, I tried. <laughs> yeah. oh, <you> <clears throat> uh, it was one of those things where I was like, oh, boy, that was like, I thought, like, when his, before he even turned back, the fact that his hat didn't really come off his head and he, none of his body moved except for his head, I was like, <sighs> and I, ca I caught him with what I thought was wow. a pretty decent shot. It was humiliating. Here's what he would do. When he hit me, and I was pretty well out, but he wouldn't let me fall. He would pick me back up Ooh. to talk to me and hit me again. It was... It was yeah, it, <laughs> it sounds like swimming off Rocky. Yeah, no, it was like I would start to kind of go, and he would go, whoa, 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 whoa. And he would say one more thing, and another thing, blah, 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 blah. And then, bow! Yeah. It was like... Yeah. And eventually, one of my friends walked in and was like, you can, enough. You can stop What's hitting. your face a mess? Oh, yeah. Wow. He was like, you can stop. But he, you know what? He never hit my nose, which was weird. But he got me here. My lip was fucked up. Um, my eye was fucked up. He hit this one eye. I don't know, dude. But I, one of the one of the times I was knocked out. Yeah. Those the the knockouts and the concussions for me have scared the like I actively avoid. I can't get hit again. And, and I have such a glass jaw now. Like I can get I if I get caught in the head a little bit, and I and I it happened in my house a month ago. I hit my head in the was doing um, laundry. And in my house, if you don't watch your head when you're doing the dryer, when you come out, if you go straight up, you hit a beam. And I hit yeah. a beam, and I, I got dizzy and fell down. Wow. Like really? I'm, you I, fell down? I'm so, my, my, I have such a glass jaw now that I get so dizzy that I have to just go to a knee. Or I can't take my, I have no capacity to take a headshot. Oh, that's, that's scary when, when, it's, when it's that bad. It's scary because what that tells me is whatever's controlling that part of my brain um, is close to my skull now. Like that, yeah. whatever cushion was there, 
It's like when you have a knee injury, right? And that knee injury just keeps getting easier and easier to hurt. Yeah. And that's where I'm at. It like, never gets better. No. And that's the same with your mind. I, 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 when I'm teaching some of my clients and I, they want to do spawn, but I'm, I'm fine because I can spawn with them. I kind of get it. And they're not touches, you know. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm not more advanced than them. But I was spawning with a 14 year old kid the other day who, who hits hard and <clears throat> we were moving around. And after the bell went, he just went smash, hit me with a solid right hand. He's only 14, but he hits hard right on the temple. And I, I got a black flash. And I was like, fuck. And I was devastated all day because the last thing I want to do now is get punched in the face, you yeah. know? And it really, it really got us down thinking about like, like what we were talking about before, how that's going to do damage on us. But that was, thinking about that's just one punch. That used to happen to me day in, day out. Uh, 55,000 times. Two and a half thousand times before I'm 11 years old. <laughs> that's the one right there yeah. that seems like crazy but back then nobody knew better no i mean it, no well not back then even now it happens now it happens are there people tra training their kids at 11 years old oh yeah you, that's when you can start competing when you're 11 years old that's the best age to really get in if you're going to be a successful fighter when you're a kid kids start boxing at 10 they compete when they're 11 and they're getting punched in the head that many times and i never thought a big deal of it neither did me obviously my parents never thought about it as well and not until I've got my own podcast and I was doing the maths. Oh, listen, this. So I was doing the maths for my podcast yeah. and I'd done it and I figured it out. I was like, shit, that's a <laughs> lot of fucking punches. Yeah. I went, I walked out in the in the gym because I do it in the gym and there's a boxer there. I'm not going to name his name, but he was a world champion and he was an Olympic medalist and he had over 250 fights. I had 106 fights. And I said, mate, listen, this, I've just figured out how many times I've been punched in the face, 55,000 times. This fucker had 12 rounds, loads of 12 round wars, a well-known fighter. And, and I, he went, well, imagine how many times I've been punched in the face. I went, shit. Holy I went, shit. I went, do you think you're affected yet? You know what he said? Huh. He went, no, it's made me smarter. I went, oh, <laughs> my God. No, no. Now I know it's affected you. Yeah, 100%. I mean, now I'm glad. I listened to Tommy Hearns talk. Yeah. It's depressing. It's depressing. And that's why, and I don't want to get too deep into this because it really does bum me out, but that's why when I catch myself slurring and I make jokes about it, but every time I make a joke about it, it scares the shit out of me. Yeah. It scares the shit out of me because I have no control over it. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And There's the memory thing do. is so fucking frustrating that I can all I can do is laugh. But it's like, yeah, it's real shit, man. And, and... I'm. I, you're braver than me. I don't know that I'll go in and get that MRI. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to do it. I need to do it. I need to do it, and I'll get it. Have you met Evander Holyfield? I have not met him. So he's one who's had a lot of fights, and obviously he's punchy. That's yes. what we call it in boxing, punch drunk. So I was in I was in training camp with him when I was in America. I'd done eight weeks with him twice, uh, full eight weeks. We would sit like this, and we'd be talking. He's got a giant head, doesn't he? Yeah, big head, half <laughs> <hot> ear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So we'll be, we'll be having these conversations, DNDL, talking about boxing, and I'll be asking about his stuff, and he's asking about me Olympics, and he's all, and you could see he's punchy. About four or five months later, I went to the Olympic Games in, in um, London, I was helping present, and I went up and I seen him there, and I went, hey, Evander, and he went, hey, nice to meet you, I'm Evander. And he was looking at us, and I was like, uh, it's Tony? He was like, oh, nice to meet you. And he didn't have a fucking clue who was. I'd spent so much, I mean, obviously he's meeting people right. DND out, but... I felt like we had a bit of a, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. We were talking like this, and he just didn't know who I was. And I mentioned Tommy, our trainer, and he was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, fucking hell. Like, what, what 
what's gone there is never coming back. Same with me, same with you. What yeah. it's it's scary to see, but what we've lost through these punches, they're never coming back. But we've just got to deal with it. That's the thing is that is that uh, that's why I don't think I'll get the MRI is because what's there's no change. It's not a knee rehab where yeah. you can get. Unfortunately, what has ever happened to our brain, they haven't figured out how to regenerate that. But the thing is, do you not feel like because people are talking, think no, because you now you're thinking about now you're thinking about it more. That's getting worse. It's making you worse. It's nothing. If you had it, like like now, what I'm trying to say is, you might be a little bit paranoid about it. Yes. But if you have it, am I clear? Like no, you're totally fine. That's what I'm hoping. Well, there's that. Uh, there's a chance that we get the MRI and the doctor's like, "You're fine. It's natural and normal." Yeah. Everyone. Lose. But there's that other chance that it's not. So for me, what I've just tried decided is that I'm gonna go ahead and pretend that it's not. Yeah. And then I'll go from there. See, I can't do that. I need. I need to take the chance. I need to find out, and I need to find out if I'm if I'm gonna be fucking senile in the next ten years or not. How do you think? But say you get. The worst possible. Does that change your day to day? Yes, I, I want because because now I'm. Uh, what well, you'll accelerate your life? Definitely, yeah, definitely. That that's it. Let Let's see if you or if he says worst coming to worst in ten years. By the time you're forty, you're gonna forget everything. Right. And now I'm I'm gonna <laughs> I'm feeling I'm gonna cry talking about this shit now. It's sad, mate. Yeah. But but now I'm gonna spend all all my time and effort with my daughter rather than fucking about on Twitter and on my phone and all that shit. I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna no. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I hadn't thought of it that way, because because it's almost selfish for me not to get it. Yeah. Right. Almost selfish. If your time's limited, yeah, I, I want to know if I'm gonna. Let's say if I'm gonna die next week, I want to know because I want to spend. I want to stop messing around and I want to start living life. I mean, we should anyway, but I want to start living life even more to the full, giving people like my wife and my daughter even more attention. Right. Rather than balls in the at the gym or, or fucking about doing whatever, I think maybe I might go. I might get that. <laughs> I mean, I think I might. I, I I put it off for so long. I guess just because, and I know it's cowardly, but I I just didn't want to. Part of me just didn't want to. I think you'll be fine. You know, I think you'll be fine. I really do. Because oh, we'll check it out. Yeah, let's figure it out. All right, I'm gonna. We got you. Got two more. Everyone's got a couple more seconds for. Oh shit, for a phone call three two three two eight two seven four two four, and then go ahead and promote whatever it is you want to promote. Jim. Uh, yeah. So if you if you want to see about me, Jim, it's called Box and Burn. One in Santa Monica, one in Brentwood. We'll hopefully open one in West Hollywood, in uh, next year. California's number one gym. Uh, I w I will tell you as somebody who's trained by hitting a bag and hitting the mitts. You know, I was saying earlier, I was telling him that yoga didn't relax me because I can't turn off my brain. Yeah. But I will tell you guys, there's something about hitting the bag or hitting the mitts where your brain turns off and all the stress you felt during that day comes out through your hands. I've, I never feel more relaxed than with a session with mitts and with a bag. I right. never feel more relaxed when I leave there in my life anywhere else because I'm like... All of that, everything that I was feeling that was balled up inside me came out. Yeah. And it's it's and on top of that, it's such a good workout. Yeah, it is. And if you're it, not getting punched in the face, what you don't get punched in the face. No punch in the face. Yeah, you no punch in the face. Um for me this weekend, guys, I'm at uh hyenas in Dallas November twelfth to the fourteenth, and then I'm taking a couple weeks off, but then I will in December I will be in Arizona. And in St. Louis, check my website, Comedian Josh Wolf.
for dates and tickets and all that other shit. What's your you want? Okay, we got one more. One more phone call. Nice. What's your name? Where are you calling from? And with a session with hello. Say it. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Hey, turn down your computer so you can. Uh... Yeah, I'm doing that. I okay. do that. Hi, Josh. It's Judy. Hi, Judy. How are you? I'm fine, honey. Although I text, I already twittered you. This has been an awesome podcast. I have thoroughly enjoyed it. Tony is awesome. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I love his. I love his attitude, and I do hope you. Um, Put away the afraid and finding out about if the hits did anything to you or not, like Tony's going to. I think he has some very, very valid points and advice as far as where he wants to take his life. And, and yeah, we should always do that. We should always be putting family and friends ahead of our fears. But... Um, Oh my God, you know, having a sister that died at 38 of cancer, she made the most of what she had at the time, and it wasn't pleasant. And I know this isn't the same, but I just hope you guys do, just for your sake, just so that you can enjoy um, the time that you have and the memories. And you know what, what memories? I can't remember <laughs> shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the problem. I don't you know. know <laughs> the, 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 the saddest thing would be if you forgot the stories about your dad sitting on the crapper uh, while you brought your friends over. No, I mean, never, that's ingrained in that my head, be... unfortunately. <laughs> it's funny, but my lo- I, my brothers will tell me. They'll go back over childhood memories and remember, remember, and I'm like, no, I really uh, don't. I'm re- I'm I'm left out of so many of those conversations because I That's fucking smart. don't I'm listen. Assume. It's assume. the same thing look, with my high school friends. They're like, you remember, you remember, you remember. I'm like, mm, no. <laughs> I'm exactly the same. Man. And I I it's totally terrible. I totally get that. And now I'm quite a bit older than you guys, and being sixty, but I've got had it pretty together. But I will hear stories and I won't remember them. So it's kind of like, um, God. Damn, I don't remember that at all. But then the thing of it is, is that you get so much in your brain that it's yeah, hard. I, would, and I, I have found also, Josh, acupuncture really works. There's places that they can help your memory that they can hit. And I, I get it. And it really does bring back things that I have forgotten. I, I, so. I, I would tell you, I, I understand the more now the difference between like casual memory loss because your brain gets full and the extent of what I don't remember is two different things would you say for you the same thing yeah like it it's when your memory becomes a frustration for you when your memory and not just because my dad's 78 so it happens with him and my mom but at and it's been happening for me for years and years at my age for my memory to be such a fucking bone of contention for me and such a thing that I really, I, you know, it's like for some people, you know, when they grow up dyslexic, they work around their not having to spell in front of people or not all that stuff. I work around it so much because it's so fucking frustrating not to remember something that just happened 10 minutes ago or not to remember this great thing that all my friends remember from high school. It's really frustrating. And if I thought about it all the time, I would, I would, 
I would lose my mind. I would because it's a yeah. little depressing. Yeah, you just get on with your life. Right? Yeah. Yeah, when I was I suffered severe depression after my sister died, there is so much that I still to this day do not remember and will never remember. Yeah. And that's very frustrating. And depression will do that to you. And so, you know, you guys have got awesome attitudes. So, I mean, you know, even in your book, Josh, you know, when you talked about raising your kids and stuff like that, you were... I, it was astounding to me that a man <laughs> could even possibly pull that off and have some great kids. And um, and you do. And going back to even your discussion about um, raising our kids and having them make good choices, you can only do the very best you can as a parent in giving them the foundation of having the morals and the scruples to be able to make good choices. And then at some point at teenage years, you've got to say, Hey, listen, kid, you know, I love you dearly, but you've got choices. And if you make a bad choice, you're going to suffer the consequences of your actions. Yeah. And it goes for us as adults. There's laws, there's reasons, there's rules. You have to follow them. And if you don't, you suffer the consequences. You get to make the choice because now you are old enough to make those choices, but the foundation starts at the time that they're children. You know, the first five years, six years, seven years are the most important to forming those foundations. So yeah, I agree. I think you guys have you have got you guys both have got so much going for you. I'm really thank you. And Tony, oh my God, not only did you if you took that many hits to the face, my God, man, you are gorgeous. <laughs> I would, yeah. I would have a poster of you in my bedroom. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> no. Well, finally, somebody <laughs> said something that makes some like sense. Love you Thanks, guys. Judy. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. Um, all right, guys. Uh, yeah, man, this has been a great conversation. Yeah, I've enjoyed it. But, uh, I've said some shit that I've never said before. Me too. Thought about way. stuff that I've never said before. So it's it's been good. It's I, been good. I, I I've never the only people that. N- up until this, I've known about my head have been my wife and my family. Yeah, I've never really said. I don't think I don't remember. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I don't. I've never talked about it just because it's one of the. It's not that I'm ashamed. I'm you know scared. Yeah, it's a shame. I think I am ashamed. I think is that the word I'm looking for? Ashamed. It's it's kind of embarrassing for me, I guess, to to tell people about that. No. Yeah, I understand what you're saying, but embarrassing. Why? Why would it be embarrassing? Because you, I, I don't know. You, I guess you don't want people to think you're a stupid bastard for <laughs> you, getting. But that was your job. No, no. I mean, st- stupid. Oh, as stupid in, as, like, in, as in like, oh, yeah. that guy's daft. You know. Well, yeah. I think for me, I assume that people think I'm stupid, so that doesn't bother me. But but for me, it's more like it's real, and I think one, I don't want people to ever. If it gets worse, I don't want to know. Look, the worst thing that anyone could ever feel towards me, if anyone ever pitied me or felt bad, do you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Fucking, yeah. that is not ever something I want anyone to ever feel towards me. Right. Um, and that's part of it, and part of it is it's just scared, man. It's just not the possibility, because I've seen dementia. It's a, it's, I've seen, like, it's not, it's scary. Scary thing. It's scary, because... You know, my brothers and I talked about this all the time. About would you, it, what's what would be worse, Parkinson's or Alzheimer's, right? 
and I would I said, well, for me, what would be worse to see somebody go through that I love would be Alzheimer's. Yeah. But that's selfish for me because I want them to recognize me, right? For me personally, I think I would, and I don't know what it feels like to have Alzheimer's, and I don't know what it feels like to have Parkinson's. Yeah. So I'm speaking completely off the top of my head. But for me, to watch someone like Muhammad Ali or Michael J. Fox, to understand what's happening to you and become a prisoner of your own body while your mind still works, I don't, do you know what I mean? I don't know that, at least, look, with Alzheimer's at the very beginning, you can feel yourself going and it gets frustrating and all that stuff. But at the end, you're, I don't know, because again, I'm, yeah, I've never had it. Yeah. I don't know how hard it is on a day-to-day for them. Look, both disease, terrible. It's, it's Sophie's <laughs> choice. You don't want to pick either. But to be a prisoner in your own body with Parkinson's seems like, uh, it seems like maybe to me the most frightening thing in the world. Your brain is working. Yeah, I'll tell you what's even worse. Not ELS. Fuck. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's even worse. But it's the same thing, right? Your brain is working. Your brain's cool, yeah, but you can't feel anything. Yeah, that's, that for me would be the worst. Horrible. You're a prisoner in your own body. So we kind of blessed that we are in the positions that we are, yeah. right? Yeah. Because now I'm just going to be like, hey, what I don't know. <laughs> <Disturbed>. <laughs> Guys, I, 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 th I have had a great time. I hope you have too. Tony, this has been a fucking great conversation, man. Yeah, I've really enjoyed it. Can I plug my podcast? Yeah, you can plug whatever you want. <laughs> so I've got a podcast called The Boxing Life Podcast where I talk about boxing and talk about life outside of boxing, uh, which is interesting. And I'd love to get you on there sometime, mate. I would love to, man. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, get some great guests on. So yeah, check it out. It's on iTunes. And if you, and if you live in the Los Angeles area and you've never been to a boxing gym, I'm telling you right now, give it, do a, do a half hour session. It'll yeah. be the best workout. It will be the best, you're gonna walk out of there like, I can't believe people do this all the time. It's an amazing workout. And um, it's a great combination of strength training and a cardio. Like you get, you build muscle, but you get shredded. Shred the fight, fighting fit, that's our motto. Get fit without getting hit. I like that. Get fit with. Hear that, Aaron? Fit without getting hit. Guys, mm -hmm. thank you very much, and uh, we'll see you next week. We love you. Thank, thank you. you.